0: This podcast is brought to you by bankinfosecurity.com. Bankinfosecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space.
1: Federal regulators and industry experts share their views about the top four regulatory issues of the new year, and an online breach perpetrated by an SQL injection leads hackers to store data for 110,000 credit cards. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, here with the Editor's Choice for the month of December. Authentication, mobile banking and cloud computing, as well as consumer protection, are among the key areas that may see new regulatory guidance in 2011. In an annual preview of Things to Come, a panel of federal regulators and industry experts shares its views on the top four regulatory issues of the new year. Agency insiders say work is being done to review and issue new guidance on the use of current authentication protocols. The big question? Identity management. Julie McNally, a senior analyst at ITAG Group, says, While it is still uncertain what revisions the agencies might make to existing authentication guidelines, from an examination standpoint, we believe emphasis will be placed on whether the bank's identity management and authentication practices and whether those processes result in the appropriate layers of security. In many ways, 2010 was the so-called year of fraud. ATM fraud, POS attacks, and ACH breaches were among the most common crimes. One regulatory hot potato? The debate over Regulation E and whether it should be amended to offer businesses the same protections offered to consumers. How that political matter plays out will be one of the dramas of the new year. Now, right after this short break, I'll be right back with more news highlights from our month.
0: Are you responsible for your institution's compliance program? Do ATM fraud, ACH fraud, and online fraud keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the bankinfosecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit bankinfosecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars.
1: An online breach of a New York tourism company's website led a foreign hacker to store data for 110,000 credit cards. And the mode of attack, an SQL injection, is one type of attack industry experts say is the easiest to avoid. Twin America LCC, doing business as City Sites New York, reportedly discovered the breach in late October, after a programmer noticed unauthorized script had been loaded to the company's server. Josh Corman, Research Director of the 451 Group, says the city site's breach raises several points, none of which is uncommon when it comes to lax security practices with online merchants. What caught my attention, Corman says, was the SQL injection. It's more than 10 years old now. We should know better by now, but we don't. From SQL injections to card skimming, the financial industry closed out the year with no shortage of fraud incidents. Jeremy King, Head of European Initiatives for the PCI Security Standards Council, says card skimming is a growing global problem. But industry leaders and bodies, such as the PCI Council, are taking steps to address card skimming in the U.S. and abroad. The primary problem? Skimming techniques are evolving and organized crime's increasing involvement in skimming incidents is posing challenges for law enforcement as skimming crimes continue to cross international borders. Here is Jeremy King.
2: It's always interesting to see how the criminals move with the new technology. So a lot of the skimming devices now we see tend to use either uh, Bluetooth technology so they can transmit. So basically the criminal wants to reduce his risk. So if he only has to go to the device once to fit it, to fit the skimming device, that reduces his risk of being caught. So these days we tend to see the uh, the skimming devices having transmission methods so they can transmit the data to the criminal I say, either using Bluetooth or even using GPRS technology. One of the other interesting uh, trends that we're seeing is that the criminals are actually increasingly using cryptographic techniques to protect the data that they're stealing. Um, And this makes it difficult for the law enforcement to be able to confirm that it actually is cardholder data. And it also gets very difficult to try and track what happens to the data. It, it is a global, it is actually a very good question because it is a global threat. And we're seeing uh, the use of international criminal organizations who will not only collect the data from various parts, but they will transmit the data around the world, which makes it very difficult for law enforcement to track it down.
1: And we wrap up the month with a look at a hack in Seattle, one that led to the compromise of several cardholders who patronized one local restaurant. As we've learned time and time again, the payments chain is only as secure as its weakest link. Not a surprising revelation, admittedly, but one about which we must constantly be reminded. Let's take a look at this case in Seattle as an example. Federal authorities believe that in a single day, one hacker targeted Seattle's Broadway Grill and accessed a server used in the grill's transaction processes. The server, which housed cardholder and account information, was easy to tap, once the hacker allegedly broke into the restaurant's network. That connection from point A to point B compromised the chain. Here's how I see it. It's a domino effect, one that could not have been prevented by compliance with PCI, or even the EMV chip and pin standard. As Tom Wills, a fraud analyst with Javelin Strategy and Research explains it, this incident shows us simply that security in the card payment system today is inadequate to meet the techniques that criminals are now using. Siloed systems are usually to blame, and the only effective way to secure the payments chain will come from the development of global standards for end-to-end encryption. Enterprise-level management and full-channel integration would help. Those are two things I'm hearing more about, and they're not impossible to accomplish, but they are expensive. Banks and credit unions have talked about enterprise-level security for some time now, but I don't know that most entities connected to the payments chain, at least on the merchant side, are thinking along those same lines. But, as this latest incident in Seattle clearly proves, merchants should also be reevaluating their thoughts about enterprise-level security. That's December's Editor's Choice. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great month.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.